connecting you to people, knowledge, and business development in the line striping industry. This is Stripe It Like It's Hot. Brought to you by Blacktop Banter with your host, Cam Roberts. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 50. 5 Eli, did you know this is episode 50? I did not, but that's special, man. Congrats. That's you. No, congrats to you because you're on for episode 50. Man. No, I appreciate you being here. I'm going to introduce Eli right quick here. Um, I was just joking with Eli. Normally, I have this long meandering intro, which I'm totally skipping. We're going right into the straight goods today um, because nobody needs to hear me talk about stuff for five minutes before we get to the actual good stuff. And believe me with Eli, we got some good stuff here today. So the only two things we're going to mention just because it's time sensitive is um, number one, the next Stripe It Academy, Academy number four, the registration just opened and it's only open for two weeks. So I wanted to put that out there. Um, If you need information about it, the website is stripeitacademy.com. That's all I'm going to say today. Normally, Eli, I'd be like, talk about it for five minutes. I'm not doing it. Um, But if you want information, go to the website. Uh, you can chat with me let you, and we can chat and see if it's a good fit for you. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is NPE. Are you going to NPE? I am not, unfortunately, but our, but our team is. There's going to be a lot of people from our team there. So definitely connect with the payment group folks. They'll oh, be there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yeah. So NPE is coming up at the time of this recording. It's like next week. So uh, if you don't have tickets, we can get you a promo code. DM me, find me, email me. We can help you out with that. But enough of that, enough of the enough of that stuff. I am really excited for a couple reasons. Um, number one, you and I haven't really chatted before. Like we've messaged a little bit, but oh, yeah. this is kind of exciting for me because I like, like you no, know, most of the people I have on I've chatted with before, I've met in person. But I this is probably like one of the one of the guests on I've had where I don't know much at all before, which is really exciting to me. Um, but the second reason why it's exciting is because your story is hardcore awesome. Like <laughs> you, you filled out the podcast intake form to the detail that I have never, like no one has even come close to what you wrote on there. Actually, well, I, I don't know what to say. I just filled it out. I just kind of did my thing, filled it out and sent it. I, I was like, is this too detailed? Is this, I'm, I'm just going to send it. Cam will get the gist. Dude, it's amazing because there is a part in there. I, I literally have to find it, but there's a part in there about how you take seriously attention to detail. And, and, you know, obviously it shows in the form that you filled out. So the reason why this is great is because clearly I can just sit back now and just, you know, let you let you let you riff on some of this stuff. So I'm, I'm cool for you to ask questions. Ask me. I'm like, I'm I've always tell people like I'm, I'm here as a resource. I know I'm young, but dude, I mean, I uh, love technology and love how to how to implement it and to this industry. And, uh, if you have any questions for me, just ask away. Oh, I love it. This is going to be good. All right. Let's do like the top down 60 second. Who is Eli Stower? This is how much I didn't know you. I had to send you a WhatsApp message an hour ago. Hey, how do you pronounce your last name? Like, Oh my goodness. Eli Stower. Who are you? Literally just like a grocery store. <clears throat> so yeah. So my name's Eli. Uh, I'm 24 years old. I am the uh, director of national sales at the pavement group. Um, I recently got married to my wonderfully beautiful wife, Angel. Uh, this past Congratulations, October. man. Thank you. Um, we currently live in, in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with our two dogs. We bought a house this past year, remodeled it, 
um, all within about two or three months. Um, we knew nothing about remodeling the house, by the way, and just kind of dove and watched YouTube videos and figured it out. So uh, that was fun. Um, you know, I uh, see. We also went on our honeymoon spot, like about a month ago. We went on our honeymoon, had a record sales year as well at the Pavement Group. So it's it's been a very exciting year this past year, and twenty twenty three is looking looking even better. So, what haven't you uh, done? What haven't you done in the last twelve months? There's a lot. I'm sure there's a lot of things I haven't done in the past twelve months, Cam. That's a that's a really good question. Yeah, <laughs> but well, I mean um, that, you know, ultimately, but... I believe you go there. There's there's a lot I haven't. Done. There's a lot I could do, and there's a lot that I can learn from other people. And that's that's ultimately who I am. You know, I uh, I believe in just doing the boring work when it comes to. Uh, uh, when it comes to working, when it comes to everything in life, like, dude, if you can just nail down the boring work, because that's the stuff people don't do. That's the stuff people are like, ah, it's boring. I don't want to do it. If you can do that consistently over a long period of time, dude, you're going to have insane results. So I, uh, you know, grew up in Wisconsin, moved to Pittsburgh, got married, bought a house, remodeled it, like all this stuff. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I'm just kind of figuring it out. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I've, I've met some really great people along the way. Uh, Mr. Brian Hess has been a, uh, a big influence in my life, um, and uh, you know I've been fortunate enough to meet a, a lot of people beyond Brian. So, um, like I said, I'm here as a resource, and that's me. That's a 30 sec, 60 second rundown. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't mean that in like a disrespectful. Like, what happened? You know, I mean like you know it's kind of an elephant in a room, at least from an outsider's perspective, because I've watched you from afar online, watched mm-hmm. you know the progression. Um, I've seen you in clips in some of the content that Brian's put out. So I know a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an elephant in the room. Most 24 year olds are not progressing at the rate that you are. And especially like, you know, as I was reading your background here and what you sent over to me before, it's not like you came from this crazy business background either. Like Marvin's told me a little bit about how Wisconsin works. Like, what was that like? It's kind of small town. Yeah, so I grew up in a I grew up in a very small town. Uh, I graduated with I think eighty three kids um, in my high school class, and so I you know, I grew up playing hockey, um, achieving below average grades. <laughs> so, you know, C's get degrees is what I always said. But um, you know, at the end of the day, when I found something that I was passionate about, I was always the hardest person, uh, hardest working person in the room. Um, you know, like in hockey, I I played hockey for uh, fifteen or sixteen years. Like ever since I could stand, basically, and I, I was by far not the best on the team, but I can guarantee you that I would outwork almost everyone on the team, like at, at any point during practice, during games, etc. And uh, you know, I don't really know where that came from, to be honest. I don't know if I was born with it or you know if it was just instilled with me. Like I just knew from a young age, like, hey, I didn't have the skills, so I have to I have to work harder to compensate and learn the skills. Right. Some people were born with it. They're really good at hockey or whatever. And uh, and for me, I just wasn't that way. So I just had to work really hard. Um, you know, living in a uh, living in Wisconsin, um, you know, my foundation was, was primarily built on God, family and, and hockey and kind of in that order. Uh, we went to church all the time. Um, you know, it's kind of an, an interesting story. Like I went to church all the time. I was I was around that. Um, I guess I sort of kind of fell away from it for a handful of years during college, but uh, recently came back, um, you know, within the past four years or so. Um, family's always been super, super important to me. 
And then of course, hockey, uh, I've run so many things through hockey now. I feel like all of those things have, have now, um, you know, gone into my work and, and you know, the way that, the way that I work. Um, as a kid, I was always hustling. I was always mowing lawns, uh, shoveling in the snow, doing whatever I could do to make a buck. And as soon as I could get a job, I did. So I started working at a movie theater, um, worked at uh, A&W. Do you have A&W uh, uh, restaurants by you? Bro, I think it started in Canada. Don't quote me on that, though. I have no idea. But I flipped burgers. Flipped burgers for two years, two, three years, something like that when I was in, when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, even then I was like, you know, quickly progressing, you know, amongst the, you know, back uh kitchen right like i'd leave the routine of, of uh cooks but then i i went to college for two years and uh and quickly figured out that that's not the route for me i was going for sales and marketing and figured out that i didn't need to pay you know 40 grand a year to learn that stuff <laughs> so quickly became a college dropout um and uh you know throughout that i've always had older friends you know more mature friends and uh you know those people have really kind of helped guide me into um you know, who I am today. It's it's always interesting. Like I look back at my college years and I'm like, I didn't really fit in with most of the people that I went to college with. Like they were going out partying, like that was not me. I was working. I was like in my room working and connecting with people outside. So that's uh Wisconsin's in uh, quite an interesting place just because it's it's so rural. Like it's flyover state and no one really, you know, no one really cares about it <laughs> to to an extent. Um, but I love it. You know, I love the Midwest. I love the people there. Um, and then in uh, April of 2020, so right during COVID, like right as COVID was breaking out, uh, I moved out to Pittsburgh. So that's a, uh, that was an interesting time to move across the country. So. Oh man. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about that. I'm going to back up just a hair about, um, yeah. about the burger flipping days. So you said yeah. you're not really sure where this drive came from. Cause obviously you're a driven person. Um, you put it in, in writing, but it's also very evident you're driven. If you're not sure where it came from, do you know why you're driven now? Like what I'm picturing is, even though I didn't know you, I'm picturing a guy 16 flipping burgers and he's like, I'm going to be the best burger flipper. Like, is that, does that come from a place of, uh, I don't want to say trying to out, outperform other people, or is it a competition within yourself or something else? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a combination of both, right? Like, I think I think when people have that drive, like, it's definitely like I'm very competitive. So, like, if if, if it's you and me, Cam, and and we're going against something, like, I'm gonna try and beat you every time. Um, and I think definitely initially it was that, and I think that's what like kickstarts it. Like, you know, if somebody starts a business and someone's like, hey, you, get, you know, you're never you're never gonna go anywhere with this. Like, that's that's from a lot of people that's motivation, right? To to flip it into something. Um, but as soon as you do flip it into something and prove wrong, then it's a competition against yourself. And I think for me, that's kind of how it's always been. Um, you know, again, I was never the best when it came to when it came to hockey. That's kind of the, the very first team sport that I played. Um, I was probably one of the last kids on the on the team that you picked from a skill standpoint. Um, and so because of that, I just had to work extra hard to make up for it. And I would be the kid that was you know diving out to block shots and do what I, do whatever I needed to do to. to you know, succeed and, and, uh, you know, do the best that I could be. I got Ed Milet vibes listening to that. Cause he's the same way, right? Like I was never the fastest. I was never the biggest. Now he's the biggest, but yeah, oh, I totally get that. Um, what were you taking in college and like, and why did you go? Like, 
uh, and the reason why I ask is, you know, obviously there's there's college here in Canada, there's university, whatever. But I know it's a big thing in the states, and I know there's a lot of pressure. Um, I get this sense, and I think the data backs it up that that's trending in to be less popular now, right? Did you go because you felt pressured, and what like what were you taking? So yeah, so when I graduated in high school, I just I really didn't know what else to do. Um, yeah. It's what everyone was doing. <laughs> it's what was pondered in my head. The NHL, so took, the I, NHL wasn't on the on the radar. No. The NHL, unfortunately, was not on that list of uh, opportunities. I would have right. loved it. <laughs> Apparently, you need more than just uh, passion to be in the NHL. You need a little bit of skill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I uh, it wasn't really pressure. I mean, my parents were like, you know, listen, you got to, you know, you got to either go to school or get a job or something, um, which is a, you know, it's fair, right? Um, so it wasn't really pressure, um, you know, directly. I think it was kind of indirectly from society, right? It was like, this is the next step in what you do. And so I was thinking, all right, I want to go for business. So I, uh, so I started going for business in the, you know, the first two years in the States, it's very general, right? The first, you know, the first two years are basically you're redoing, uh, high school. It seems like oh, and you're paying. It's, it's crazy. Like you take all general courses and, uh, and there's nothing specific. So. After I got done, it was like, it was actually about two and a half years that I was there. Um, so after I got done with, the, with my second year, I took another semester. And that's when I started getting into more of the business courses. And you take some intro stuff to whatever your major is when you, you know, for the first two years. But, um, you know, that that half year that I did, started to take more business courses. And I was sitting in chemistry one day and, uh, and I was like, everything was going in one year and going, you know, out the other. And I'm like, what, like, why am I sitting in chemistry if I don't want to do anything that has to do with chemistry? Like, this doesn't make sense. And I was, you know, racking up, racking up debt, right? I was <laughs> 50 grand in student loans. And I'm like, okay, like, what, does it make sense for me to quit now and, uh, and go pursue something that I actually want to do and like reverse this? Or should I just go another 50 grand in debt and be 100 in debt and then have my degree? And then, you know, get a job where I make 40 grand starting out. Um, and so I actually, I called uh, Brian Hess at the time. Um, and uh, the advice he gave me, he goes, would you trade places with your professor? And I said, well, no. And he goes, well, then why are you learning from them? Mm. Yep. Oh, like, like not, not that there's things that I'm not going to learn from other people who I wouldn't trade places with, but why am I paying all this money to sit here and like literally intake all of their knowledge of stuff that I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Totally. So for me, it was, it was very clear after he said, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to leave college. Um, I don't feel like I don't fit in here. I'm wasting my money. I can go figure it out. And my parents, when I pitched them this idea, of course, they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, I'm not really sure exactly, but I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, I told them if, if for whatever reason I can't get a job because I don't have a college degree, so that's not on you. That, that's me. Yeah. And fortunately for me, it's worked out pretty well. So that's <laughs> I would, that. I would say so. <laughs> so you started college in 2018, but you got in the asphalt industry. And then obviously we want to know how you got uh, tangled up with Brian. So when, when did the yeah. asphalt work start for you? Um, if you started college in 2018, it's like you were working at an asphalt company in 2017. Oh no, I'm sorry. I started college not in 2018. I left college in 2018. Oh, oh, my college. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So while you're in college, you found a uh, work in asphalt. 
Yep. So I was, uh, so as soon as I turned 18, I, um, I was looking for a job, a labor intensive job where I could make a little bit more money than what I was making already. I had a buddy, uh, who was seal cutting driveways at a local seal cutting company, uh, called Asphalt Associates, um, uh, out in Wisconsin. So I just walked in one day with an application, handed it in, and I said, I want to, uh, I want to see a put driveways. <laughs> and uh, Ryan, fortunately, was sitting there. He was the sales manager of that office at the time. And Mike Hugin and Brent Weiss, Brent Weiss was the owner. Um, they're all sitting around the table at like six o'clock at night. Um, and Brian looked at me and he goes, you do realize that you're going to look like a lobster by like noon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really think about that. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, listen, come in tomorrow for an interview. Um, we just closed the deal with a gas station chain. I want you to manage the account. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. I had no idea what I was doing, right? Um, ended up managing that account really well. Um, you know, the uh, the folks at the uh, gas station chain were um, they basically told Brian, they're like, they're like, you know, who do you have running this account? Like, this is, you know, everything's gone so smoothly. Brian goes, yeah, it's an 18-year-old kid. And they're like, what? <laughs> so, Hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up. You applied to Seal Coat Driveways. And then in your yeah. first interview, right. you're told, here's an account for multiple gas stations? Well, right. Well, I mean, with the help of Brian, right? It was uh, 300 and something gas stations across the Midwest. Um, and and, and uh, this, is, you know, this, course, is at, this is at this is at Asphalt Associates. Asphalt Associates, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you didn't have so, work experience I mean, there? No, 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 no. Was, but I mean, the question Brian said, he's like, do you like technology? I'm like, I love technology. And he's like, all right, let's 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 run you through this. This is how it's going to work. This is everything. Do you think you can handle this? And I said, let's give it a shot. And, you know, fortunately, he took a shot on me and he figured it out. And of course, he was there throughout the process. Mike was there throughout the process. It wasn't just me, but... I did a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to, you know, backing stuff and managing stuff and putting it all together. So, um, that is, working a, out well. that, that is not, uh, a common occurrence. I don't know if you knew that Eli, but most people don't walk into a job interview and then get given accounts. Um, what do you attribute? What do you, what do you attribute that to? Um, I would say just putting myself out there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, they don't have the confidence in, in themselves, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, even even though they have all the skills they need, you know, or they they have the willing willingness to learn, they don't have the confidence to walk in someplace and just say, "Yes, let's do this," right? And so, you know, me walking in there and saying, "You know, listen, I know nothing about this. I mean, I'm an 18 year old kid. You know, and and fortunately, I met the right people at the right time." Um, I think that's a God moment for me. Um, you know, if I would have walked in maybe the following week, Brian might not have been there, right? There you go. I, I might be on, I might be somewhere completely different today. And so I, you know, I think that's a God moment, but you know, just me walking in with, with confidence and, uh, and the willingness to learn and the willingness to just do something, right. And just do something new. Even if I don't, even if I fail, right. Pick it up, figure it out. Man that that's cool it's cool because like i'm an employer man and what you said uh it touched my soul about people don't have the confidence in themselves because like even on our small team like we have people 
that I believe in. And I, they're here for a reason in our company, but sometimes they don't see that themselves. And like, you know, I think it would be refreshing from an employer standpoint, like Brian was with you to have somebody come in, challenge it a little bit, and then have them challenge you back and say, Hey, here's this tech. Can you think you can do this? And like you say, let's give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? Don't be afraid to fail. That's cool stuff, man. So you, you ended up moving to Pittsburgh, presumably I know Brian started the pavement group in 2018, right? So presumably you yeah. went with him. Is that how that worked? So I, uh, so I moved to Pittsburgh in 2020. Um, Ryan started the pavement group and this is, this is probably my favorite, my favorite story right here. Let's Ryan go. started the pavement group in 2018. Uh, I, I ended up being the first employee, but I, I jumped on board about seven or eight months after they actually founded uh, the company. Right. And so, um, I was, I was, I was actually at college. This is like, right as I was about to drop out. Uh, and I'm walking around campus. I get a phone call from, I don't, I can't remember if it was Brian or Mike, but regardless, I get a phone call and I said, Hey, red dog, what, what are you, uh, what are you doing this summer? And I said, well, this was my, this is after my experience, you know, working at, uh, at asphalt associates, which then got bought out by ACI, uh, asphalt and concrete. And I was just like, you know what? I, I, uh, I don't want to do asphalt. My, my initial reaction was not asphalt. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, I just, you know, I just, I don't think it's for me. I don't think this industry is for me. And so Mike goes, uh, <coughs> he goes, well, why don't you, uh, why don't you have a coffee with me? And let's just, let's just give it a shot. How's that sound? And so, you know, from me going, not asphalt, never doing that again. You know, here I am. <laughs> so, uh, but that was, uh, that was the end of 2018. So I started the, um, uh, first of the year on 20 in 2019 um worked with mike out of our uh, uh wisconsin office there and then uh in 2020 ended up moving up to pittsburgh and what signed is, what my is, lease no sorry you go ahead i was gonna say i signed my lease in february of 2020 <laughs> and then uh the uh, nba shut down in march of 2020 and everyone told me that was crazy to, to move up like you should you should wait a few months and i was like i don't think this is going away after a few months i'm just gonna try this is when everyone thought they were gonna die by the way yeah I'm right. i was like i'm just i'm just gonna go for it and figure it out so dang dang so your first official position like first of all this is the coolest thing that you're the first official tpg employee like that that's that's pretty wild your first position was what did you get right into sales right away nope uh I was I was essentially our I was essentially in sourcing, right? So I was you know building our subcontractor network, um, reaching out to new people, sourcing jobs out. Um, through that process, I've learned you know I learned how to you know work with contractors, um, and then from there manage accounts and from there move into sales. So, you know, started from you know, I wore a lot of hats in the beginning, um, like you know everyone else did too. There were only four or five of us at the time. And so, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of the, uh, a lot of the sourcing, a lot of the uh, monotonous work. Um, you know, it's essential. It's the, it's the boring work, but it has to be done. Yeah. Dang. So 2020, uh, or sorry, 2018 company gets founded. You jump on board 2019. And then like, obviously, you know, what's funny is, um, uh, going to go on a little squirrel tangent here. Like Brian, I believe he started it in February, 2018. Is that correct? Uh, I think it was March, but yeah, pretty close. Okay, okay, March. pretty dang close. So technically, mm-hmm. technically, I started my line striping company 
in, I think it was the end of February. It depends what day you've called it started. And obviously the growth of TPG is like nuclear, like explosion here. Like it's been, it's been crazy. So like, what's, what has that been like? Cause you've been in on it basically since the ground floor. Like, I think a lot of people want to know more about that, like how TPG has grown so much because from the outside looking in, man, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately there's no magic pill or, you know, easy button to press to say like, that's the, you know, that's the thing. It's a, it's a combination of a lot of things, a lot of consistency, a lot of, um, a lot of hard work from our team. Um, but you know, there, there's a few key things and I would say putting people over profit is probably the number one thing. Um, mm. and along with that, there's a few things that go along with that, but, um, you know, just prioritizing people over profit. It is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, they get in a situation, they get in a pickle and, uh, and their true colors come out when, when, you know, money has to be spent, in, you know, in a situation where maybe something happened and, uh, and it's just, you know, it's a shame. Right. And so one of the things that Brian's always done is always, 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 always prioritized, um, people over profit. Anytime there's a situation where it's going to cost money or whatever, like as a team, like that's just one of our values, just people over profit. Um, we've had a huge emphasis also on, on company culture. And, uh, that means being sometimes very selective in the, uh, in the people that we bring on. Um, you know, we, uh, we often don't hire for talent. We actually hire for values. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, especially in this industry, it's so old school, they'll look for people who have experience in this industry, right? They'll look for people who have a skill set in this industry. But what they're missing is sometimes, you know, all that stuff can be learned, but the values and, and the core beliefs of a, of a person, um, that, you know, that can be developed, but that, that's not, that can't be learned like, uh, you know, like, um, uh, like talents can. So talents can be learned, uh, core values and, and beliefs are generally already instilled. So we're looking for people who have core beliefs and values that line up with ours, meaning they value people over profit as well. And so when you develop a team like that, you know, those people are automatically going to service your customers that much better, right? If you have people, if you're just hiring people to hire people and they have talents, they might service your customers. I mean, they might not, who knows? But if you hire people with true core values who line up with the values that you believe, like they're going to service your customers like this. And through that, you're just going to keep getting referrals. Um, you know, you're going to keep accounts. You're not going to lose accounts. And I'm not saying we're perfect. Of course we have flaws, right? But that's one of the things that we've relied heavy, heavily on. Um, and that we will always continue to is just putting uh, people over profit and stand to our core beliefs and values. Super cool. Uh, I think you, you could probably bring some value. I mean, we didn't like chat about this before or anything on the forum, but I think you could probably bring some value for contractors. Um, cause you guys use a lot of subcontractors, right? Pavers, stripers, sealers, that sort of thing. And obviously if you, if you were involved in sourcing Eli, you probably have a pretty good sense now, right? After doing that for a few years, who's going to be the good ones, who's going to be the bad ones, who aligns with the values of the payment group, who doesn't. But I'm wondering if you could maybe shed some light, if there's somebody out there listening to this show, because a lot of business owners listen to this show, smaller companies, striping companies, sealing companies, and they will sometimes work as subcontractors to larger companies. Mm -hmm. um, and I know like I speak with them and I, I try to help some of them who, 
who are interested in growing, doing more, what kind of things should, like, what do you see happening when you were sourcing contractors? What did you see happening that might hold some back or, or get, like, are they getting in their own way in some way? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, uh, there's, there's specific things. Like if there's, um, you know, communication issues, you know, if they don't answer, answer the phone, <laughs> that's always a negative. You sign. laugh, bro, but that's huge. Like when, when people don't, I mean, it, it, I mean, as you know, we're, we're sending work to local contractors often. Right. And, uh, and it's one of the, one of the things that you know, drives us insane as a, as you know, a potential customer or you know, partner on, on these projects is, you know, if we're trying to hand you work or bring you work, um, you know, people don't answer the phone or don't communicate or they just show up on site and, you know, now we have to, you know, tell the customer that somebody showed up on site when they weren't supposed to. Like all those things, like communication is, is one of the most important things, but it's, uh, you know, if, if they're putting dollars before people, it's exactly what I was just talking about before, right? Only the opposite. If they're putting money before people and trying to just shove as much money through the system as they can. That makes sense, like through the business. They don't really care about the money, or I'm sorry, they don't really care about the people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and it's not that they intentionally don't care about people. It could be a very subconscious thing. You have to be very conscious about it. You have to be um you have to be very aware of that. And that's something that I think a lot of people sometimes don't. Um, and you know, I'm I'm not a business owner myself, so you know, I I understand that they you know have certain challenges that maybe I've never experienced. Um, but that's you know, when you when you partner with people and you find customers and you, and you work for and you just work for people who value money over over people that just it never works out so i mean there's there's a lot i mean there's so many you know little gold nuggets and tidbits but that's probably been the biggest one and that's pretty much the opposite of what we you know what we're trying to accomplish yeah yeah i mean you've already said some cool things i think i, I like i wrote them down because I just think they're cool. Uh, use the expression boring work, like, right? You got to to succeed. You got to do the boring work. You've also described yourself as a sponge. Do you, for somebody though, like there's people listening to this too, Eli, who are not business owners. Maybe they are in a sales position. Maybe they are in some sort of operational management position. Um, do you think, like, did you, do you have to, do you struggle with the balance? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Do you struggle with the balance between your ambition and your drive and your go-gettingness um, with maybe the perception of other people? Like, has that ever been a struggle for you? Cause I, like you said, some people lack confidence and I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody at the pavement group. This is, I'm getting to the root of the question by rambling. If I'm at the pavement yeah. group and I see Eli 23 getting promoted to literally the national sales director, which we're going to talk about here shortly before we wrap this up, like, that might make some people grind their teeth, maybe not outwardly, but you know, they might go like, like, why is he getting that? Um, talk to me about that. Like, it, it, do you find a struggle with that? Do you, how do you balance the ambition with, mm-hmm. with helping others? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm in it for ultimately is to help others. Um, you know, I find a lot of joy in that. I find a lot of joy in knowing that other people have accomplished something because, you know, because I've been able to give them advice on it. It's very exciting to me. So, um, and sure it, you know, it is, it certainly is a struggle. Um, I, I am very ambitious. I'm, you know, I'm a go-getter. I'm just trying to get things done. Um, you know, I, I know that I ate shit for, I'm sorry, can I, 
use colorful language on this show. Actually, you're one of the few people that ever did. I don't know. We'll put like a comical <laughs> sound in there. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So I, I, I mean, I crap for, for several, several years, um, you know, doing, you know, not making a whole lot of money, but doing anything, you know, whatever it took. So, um, you know, I've been able to prove it to myself that I can do it and that, that I am worth it and that I, you know, can help other people. Um, and when you, especially when you get the right people on your team, um, they're not going to have, um, you know, they're not going to grind in their teeth and grind in their gears as much. You know, when it, because I'm I'm genuinely trying to help them. Like our other salespeople, like I want to help them. I want to see them succeed. I want to see them make way more money and sell way more jobs and do way more with their family than than they ever have, or than maybe even I even have. And so that's that's genuine, like genuinely what drives me to the core is just seeing those other people succeed. And uh, so does that answer your question? <laughs> I think it does, man. No, I really, I really do. I think it does. Like, I'm just interested. I'm telling you why I'm asking this. Uh, I'm just interested in, in, I'm interested in people and psychology and I'm just fascinated in some people have the drive to do things and to do more and to grow, especially in a company that's willing to foster that and support that. But some of them just don't know the right way to do it. Like they feel like they need to go way above and, and over-exaggerate their abilities or their talents or but you don't have to do that. Like you've already touched on some things here. Like do the hard work, do the boring work, do it consistently, show up. It's the stuff that you don't see when, when we're the stuff that other people don't see. Uh, I don't think enough people hear that. So that's why I'm trying to pull it out of you. Yeah. You I'm ever see get that diagram of the iceberg? Like you often see it in like doctor's offices and stuff. Oh yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's the truth. Like, like it's yeah. funny. Cause you see it in like a doctor's office or something. You're like, you're like success and like then there's all these things below the water and it's like you know yeah. showing up on time and like just like like literally everything below the water and like that's what builds the foundation and like i i laugh about it because like you see it in doctor's offices or like sometimes in the gym locker room or something like something like stupid but it's it's the truth like yeah <laughs> yeah it's the stuff people don't see i get it um you are like are you comfortable talking about the income side of it a little bit? Like not specifics, of course, but like on your form, yeah. you, you, you're pretty candid about it. And obviously it goes without saying you, you've grown quickly, um, particularly with the sales part. So you started working directly in sales with TPG in what? 2021. Okay. Yeah. So how, how was that introduction? I'm a sales guy. I want to know. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. Uh, you know, again, fortunately I've had a lot of really great people around me. Um, you know, Brian is a killer sales guy and, uh, and, and an even better leader. So, um, you know, I've had his guidance throughout this. And so that helps a lot. I've also had Todd Garrell, Mike, who, like a lot of people on our team who are, um, who've been able to just pour into me. And I just, I thank them like literally every day for it. Um, but, you know, I, I started off in that sourcing side. And so I got to know the business. I got to know, I scheduled jobs, I sourced jobs. I understood what, what the pain points were of our customers because I would call a contract, you know, four or five different contractors in an area and I wouldn't get calls back. Um, yeah, I'd get bids with zero details. I'd get bids with no pictures or no map, like all these things that I'm like, okay, now I understand what our customers, you know, what their pain points are because they're my pain points <laughs> mm. as a source. And so now like that transition to sales, it was kind of an, an interesting year because that first year I was still sourcing at the same time as I was selling, yeah. um, which is, you know, kind of challenging. Um, you know, we've been able to hire a whole bunch of people now. 
to take that source and workload off. Um, but it was, you know, it was a transitionary year where like, I, I knew exactly what our customers needed. I knew what their pain points were. And I believe I was successful in that role, you know, from year one, two, three and, and on just because I was that customer. I understood them. I understood that when, you know, when I call and I don't get a call back for, you know, two weeks <laughs> or I get a bid that says, we're going to pave your parking lot. I'm like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, like yep. give me details. I need to know where, what depth, you know, are you milling? Are you not? Like all those things are super critical when it comes to, when it comes to sales, you know, from the first introduction, from the first phone call, all the way through the proposal and even the follow-up after the job's done. Hey, Mr. Customer, how, you know, wanted to make sure everything looked good. You, you now have earned yourself a customer for life. So it was, it was a smooth transition. It was tough because, you know, it just took a lot of work and a lot of grinding and a lot to do, but, um, you know, I understood what the customers needed. So. Dang. So it, it, how old were you in 2021? Like you, you, you were 20 something. Uh, yeah, I would have been 20, uh, 22. And, and how, how successful was your first year selling? In 2021 because that was a difficult uh, year right because we're still we're still in kind of the covid covid era there yeah i mean you know it, it was it was kind of challenging like you know getting work done was challenging more than anything there was a backlog of a lot of work um you know from 2020 um i think the first year i did three and a half million my yeah i think it was about three and a half million uh year one so i mean it was you know the year one i was like well i mean that that was my goal was year one was to do three and a half million that was, that was yeah. your goal to do 3 million. Is that what you just said? You kind of like whispered it. Cause you're like, man, that was my goal. Yeah. Three, three, two. My mic's yeah. down here. Three and a half million. Yeah. 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 That's, so I, that's, that's pretty wild, man. So I, I outran that goal. Like it, I think it was just over three and a half. And by the end of the year, I was like, what if I set my goal at like five, six, like, okay. I outran three and a half. But what if what if I would have set it higher? And even if I would have fallen shorter, I could have sold another million. Hmm. Like, are you saying like you took your foot off the gas? Is that what you mean? Not that I took my foot off the gas, but I hit that level like right at the end of the year, and I was like, okay, what if I would have, you know, what if I would have set my goal at four, not five, whatever it is, like set it higher. And even if I would have fallen short, like that would have been way better than three and a half. I mean, not that that was bad. Three and a half is great for the first year, but. That was kind of my, my thought process after you know, looking back on the year, but I got you. I got so you. Now, yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say like, that reminds me of something my business coach told me once. He said, he always told me, take your three-year goal, get it done in six months because the steps are the same, right? Nothing changes in the time frame, So it's the same with sales, right? You set an ambitious goal. Nothing's different. You still follow the same process, same steps. So um obviously you blow the doors off year one because of course you do year two 2022 what happens that's, uh, that's like over, last year yeah over doubled what i did uh, the previous year yep and so that leads yep. us to 2023 when did you take this new the, the new position what is the new position um yeah so i'll be i'll be leading the sales team um you know i mean that's managing uh you know, a lot of backend stuff and numbers and just making sure we're hitting targets. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I, that I, uh, that I talked to the team about too, is ensuring that, uh, customer values line up with, with our values as well. You know, we, uh, want to work with people who just like employees who align with our values. Right. Um, 
So along with that, I mean, I'm still selling myself and then, uh, um, you know, managing and, and working with the sales team, leading them, leading our guys and, and gals and uh, trying to crush it with the team. It's, it's exciting because, you know, I've been able to do this myself successfully. Um, and I, I know that other people with the same ambition or similar ambition, they can replicate this too. It's not hard. It's, it's very, 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 uh, very easy. Very simple, I should say. It's not easy. It's very simple. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> but they can duplicate it. And so, you know, like I said earlier, I get a lot of joy in seeing other people succeed, especially with my help. And so like this, it's something I'm very, very, very excited for this year. And so, you're, so you're open to the idea of somebody DMing you and saying, hey, give me your knowledge. Help me out. I got a question for you. You're cool. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I can tell. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll I'll be real with you, man. Um, like I said, we, obviously we didn't know each other very much at all. Just a little bit of message. I followed your stuff. Um, you know, you've had obviously a lot of success in the company, a lot of success for yourself. But I want to thank you because I think what you're doing is affecting people more than you know. Because again, I'm gonna say the same thing. So many people don't know how to properly put uh, put themselves out there i think most people have that ambition man and you're a living example of how you actually leverage it into driving towards something with purpose and obviously like you said aligning with people people and values there oh man thank you so much for coming okay there's one last thing there's one last thing because yeah. we've already been going for like 40 minutes here uh again i'm gonna pay you another compliment here the nicest intake form for this podcast ever like i just you know want people just to fire in some basic info you you like bullet pointed everything you broke it down into sections but at the end there's a double asterisk here i would love to share the tactic that's been responsible for 80 percent or more of the revenue i've produced so like whew, drum rolls here we go Pro sales tip, how Eli okay, okay. did 88%. No, no, I'm hyping it up. How you did 80% literally, of revenue. Go. These, this, is, this, this is literally the simplest thing that anyone can do. And I can guarantee you will close more sales, higher revenue, more pro Like I'm ready. 100%. Okay. All right? Yeah. A 60-second selfie video to your customers. That's it. Literally. We're done. We're done. Take your phone. Yep. Put it on. Put it on your video mode, go to your customer's, uh, you know, iMessage and take a 60 second video of yourself saying, you know, hey, Mr. Customer, hope you're doing well. Um, it's Cam over here at uh, at Lazy Line and, you know, just wanted to, you know, put a face in the name or whatever you want to say. Do not watch it. Don't, unless, you, unless you mess, like, don't do it. Don't like retake it. Don't watch it. Just send it. Unless you mess up their name. If you mess up their name, then, then of course we do it. I've done that before, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, it, it, you know, for us, we do a lot of national work. So, you know, a lot of our customers, I, you know, don't get to see too often, right? Yeah. So the fact, you know, fact of the matter is I need, I need to figure out a way to uh, build a relationship with them that's not just a uh, keyboard warrior, email back and forth. And so, you know, video is, as you know, one of the best ways to do that. Literally, like, anyone can do it. If you're 15 years old, if you're 75 years old, if you're 30 years old, like take the, take your phone, turn the camera around and like literally just send your customer a, a 30 to 60 second selfie video and you can do it after you propose a project. I do it all the time after I propose projects. Um, 
there's a you know three hundred and something thousand dollar project that I was awarded uh, recently because I just kept sending self videos every every two weeks or so. I'm, uh, I was like, literally, I was like, hey Bob, you know, wanted to you know wanted to just check in, see how the board you know see what the board thought about our proposal, and uh, you know, hope you're doing well. If your holidays are amazing, um, you know, show them things that you're doing. Like literally, it's super easy. 60, 60 second self video. I got my theory on why it works. Why do you think that's the killer? Why? It, it builds a relationship that, uh, yeah. well, for one, no one does it. So you instantly stick out between, you know, amongst yeah. everyone, right? To, to get it, like, I get selfie videos from people every once in a while from other uh, customers. And I remember exactly who sent me those to this day. And it was years ago that I received some. Um, but two, it just builds a relationship that's, um, you know, that you can't build through just keyboard or even, you know, even meeting in person. Like after you meet somebody, send them a selfie video. I can guarantee you, if you just do that, do that for the next 50 proposals that you send out, 20 proposals, whatever it is, your your uh, close rate is going to go through the roof. There it is. What's what's your what's your take on why it works? Uh, I'm a big believer. This is something I teach in the academy a lot um, that was taught to me. So this is not original and this well, hardly original, but people, obviously people buy people, right? Yes, they need your service as a contractor. So if they're nationally, wherever they are, they tr they, they know who the payment group is. They need the service, but they're only like people want to feel that connection to people and have an emotional reaction to things. So unless they know you, like you, trust you, that's my thing. And I'm, I didn't know what you were going to I didn't know what the double asterisk, like ninja trick was, but as soon as you said it, my brain immediately went to trust because the moment you turn that, that camera around, it's so easy to take photo job photos and stuff with the camera facing this way. But as soon as you turn it around, like the trust factor goes way up because now they know who you are, you know. To see your handsome face or not handsome face doesn't matter. The point is that they know who you are, and now they're gonna now they're gonna trust you. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, Ooh, it's huge. That, that's I, I just I, I challenge I challenge anyone that that's listening to this right now. Like if you do that for the next 20, 25 proposals that you send out, or new you know new business that you're prospecting, like it builds a just a relationship that's beyond anything that you could ever imagine. From a, Dude, I, I still do the majority of the sales of my company. A challenge accepted. I'm literally going to do it. Uh, do it. Do All it. right. I'll report back to you. Let me know. Let me know. I'm excited. All right. You got it. Man, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Did I miss anything? Is there anything, any parting words, gifts of wisdom? Um, uh, no. I mean, that's it, man. That's it. I mean, uh, I would say relationships are everything. That's like one of the biggest things I've learned over the last you know, handful of years. Relationships are, are everything. Like business is not transactional. It's built on relationships. If you're transactional, you'll be out of business and you're done. Yeah. If you build it on relationships and send selfie videos, send yourself a video. <laughs> like literally, like it's like a rocket ship. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for giving us your time coming on today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.